Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey everyone, it's Eves. Just wanted to let you know that you'll be hearing an episode from me and an episode from Tracy V. Wilson today. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 31st. The Alhambra Decree went into effect on this day in 1492. This was the decree issued by Ferdinand, King of Aragon, and Isabella, Queen of Castile, which expelled the Jewish population from Spain. This was not at all the first time that a European nation had expelled its Jewish population. England did it in the 13th century, France in the 14th century. Also, Vienna, Bavaria, and Milan all expelled their Jewish populations. For centuries, though, the collection of kingdoms that we think of as Spain today had been home to Christians, Muslims, and Jews. And who was in power shifted at any given time. First, the Muslims had driven the Germanic peoples, known as the Visigoths, out of a lot of this territory, and then Christians regained control of that territory in a series of campaigns that were known as La Reconquista. Throughout all of this, Spanish Jews, or Sephardi, were in the minority of the people who were living in this area. But even before the Alhambra Decree, Jews in Spain had been facing a lot of anti-Semitism. The Catholic Church in Spain taught specifically that Jews were responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. Some Jews worked as moneylenders and charged interest, which was usury under Christian law, and also became a huge stereotype. Christians in general were distrustful of Jews, and all of this always got a lot worse in times of war or social or economic crisis, just as one example Jews were blamed completely without cause for the Black Death. 
And this wasn't just cruelty. Thousands of Jews in the city of Toledo were killed because of this rumor that Jews were responsible for the Black Death. There was huge pressure for Jews to convert to Catholicism during all of this. We talked about that a little earlier this month, actually. This was especially true after Ferdinand and Isabella married and united their kingdoms and started explicitly trying to make their nation that they were ruling under a Catholic nation. In 1478, Ferdinand and Isabella became suspicious that recent converts to Catholicism, who were known as conversos, were really lying about their conversions and were still Jewish. In other words, that they were crypto-Jews. That earlier this month that we talked about, it was when we talked about the Inquisition and the Inquisition's targeting of conversos. Tensions were really high until 1491 when a group of Jews and conversos were accused of a horrifying crime again in the city of Toledo. They were accused of crucifying a Christian child and desecrating a consecrated host as part of a supernatural ritual. The host is what's used in communion. The accused People were tried by the Spanish Inquisition, and they were burned to death. But for a lot of people, they really thought of this as a breaking point. I thought of it as the moment that the Jewish population needed to go. On January 2nd of 1492, the last Muslim stronghold in Spain fell to Spanish forces. Ferdinand and Isabella set about really focusing on removing the Jews from Spain and making the territory exclusively Catholic. And part of this was the Alhambra Decree. It was signed on March 31st of that year, and it went into effect on July 31st, again, today in history. By that moment, by July 31st, all Jews living in their territory either had to convert or they had to leave. They were given permission to sell their possessions to fund their journey, but they weren't allowed to take any gold, silver, or coins out of the country They could obtain letters of credit for the value of their sold property, but basically there was an order to leave and then an increasingly big set of obstacles to try to cross to even be able to leave. Although the deadline was the last day of July, the last ships carrying Jews from Spain left on the 2nd of August. Christopher Columbus then set sail on his first voyage the next day. And that has really overshadowed the Jewish expulsion that happened when somebody says 1492. The impact on the Sephardic Jewish population was catastrophic. They lost their homes, their possessions, and their livelihood. Some who were better off did manage to hang on to at least some of their wealth and to secure passage to North Africa or to the Americas where they might continue to carry on their own religion and traditions. But a lot of the others just wound up in other neighboring kingdoms only to be expelled from them later on as well. The few remaining Muslims in Spain faced a similar convert-or-leave order not long after. The Alhambra Decree wasn't overturned until 1968. And then in 2014, Spain offered Sephardic Jews who were descended from people who had been expelled during all of this an opportunity to apply for Spanish citizenship without giving up their current citizenship. This affected as many as 3.5 million people. You can learn more about all of this in the November 10th, 2014 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class called The Expulsion of the Jews from Spain and from the November 1st, 2010 episode La Reconquista and the Alhambra. And you can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we'll have an astronomical discovery that was also a female first. 
There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel like they're straight out of a movie, but they're all true stories. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab on Jewish History Nerds for a new season of intrigue, mystic realms, and bloody battles. In season three of these podcasts, you'll meet an ancient Arabian king who converted to Judaism in a struggle for power, a mysterious author who created amulets and performed Kabbalistic exorcisms, and a can't-miss story of a female Hasidic Rebbe whose story unfolds like a real-life Yentl to challenge societal norms. Jewish history nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Find out what happened, how it happened, and why each story still matters today. Don't miss Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Find Jewish History Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free does sleeping hot keep you up at night meet the lisa chill collection these cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool to the touch cover zoned springs and comfy foam layers say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was July 31st, 1943. Germany tried a new tactic against the Night Witches, the nickname for the female Soviet aviators of the 588th Night Bomber Regiment. 
They shot tracers at the planes of the night witches and deployed night fighters, killing eight Soviet pilots. The night witches took their last flight on May 4, 1945, three days before Germany surrendered to the Allies in World War II. Before the night witches, women had been barred from combat. But the Germans were putting a lot of pressure on the Soviet Union. Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin issued an order for the creation of three women's Air Force units. Experienced pilot and navigator Marina Raskova had already been putting out calls for and interviewing women who wanted to become combat pilots. And she had petitioned Stalin to create a fighting squadron of all women. The women who were selected to be part of the 122nd Composite Air Group soon split into the 586th Fighter Regiment, the 587th Bomber Regiment, and the 588th Night Bomber Regiment. They were mostly young women between ages 17 and 26. The women went through about six months of training, a period that was short compared to the years normally afforded other soldiers. Major Raskava commanded the 587th Regiment until she was killed in combat in 1943. The 588th did face challenges and sexism for being women in a male-dominated space. But a lot of difficulties they faced stemmed from the fact that the military was not prepared for women pilots and did not have adequate resources. For instance, they had to wear oversized boots and uniforms handed down from male soldiers. And they got old biplanes that had been used as training vehicles and were not intended for combat. They did not have parachutes, radios, and other equipment, and they had to make do with rulers, maps and compasses, and other rudimentary materials. Though their piloting skills were excellent, they struggled to acclimate to combat in the beginning. But on June 28, 1942, the 588th Regiment embarked on its first mission. Two women were killed on that first mission to bomb the headquarters of a German division. But from there, the night witches grew more skilled in combat and were feared by Germans. Their wooden planes had to fly at low altitudes because the bombs were so heavy, so they only completed missions at night because they were such easy targets. Two people traveled in each plane, a pilot and a navigator. They went on several missions each night. Their nickname, Night witches came from the fact that the sound of air over their plane wings as they glided reminded Germans of broomsticks. Because they completed many successful missions, they were viewed as heroes by many Soviets. But they did have some downs as well. On the night between July 31st and August 1st, 1943, the Germans shot tracers at the night witches' planes. Tracers are bullets or shells that carry a pyrotechnic charge to mark the flight path, and they set fire to the canvas in wooden planes. Four of the night witches' planes went down, though others managed to evade the Germans' night fighters. After the night witches flew their last mission in 1945 and the Germans surrendered, 23 of them were named Heroes of the Soviet Union. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to learn more about the 588th, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called The Night Witches. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.